When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, before we start today's show, we just wanted to offer our thoughts and sincere condolences to ex-AFC Bournemouth striker Benica Fobe. It was announced yesterday via a number of journalists that, sadly, his daughter passed away. This was the message. It is with an extremely heavy heart that the Afobe family have today confirmed the devastating news that their first child, their beloved daughter, Amora, aged two, passed away late on Friday evening. She was taken to hospital for treatment after unexpectedly developing a severe infection. Unfortunately, she then suffered a number of serious complications and despite doctors doing absolutely everything they could, she passed away peacefully with the love of her family by her side. The entire family have been left heartbroken and devastated and would like to ask that their privacy is respected at this incredibly difficult time. So yeah, we just wanted to pass on our thoughts for Benikafobe and his family. Oh, that's a magnificent strike from Harry Wilson. Oh, what a beauty. Bournemouth have a goal, their first ever away at Spurs. All the way through, Harry Wilson! It's 3-2! In the fifth minute of stoppage time, he's got his second. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. It's episode 68. My name is Sam Davis and at the weekend, Cherries went down 3-2 to Spurs in quite a bizarre game really where we dominated the early stages and it was a couple of uncharacteristic Spurs goals really, just hoof balls over the top that found a combination of Son and Deli Alley. But Deli Alley was the one to score the first two goals for Spurs and our misery was compounded with that third from Sissoko. But we did rally, but it was too little too late and the lack of clinicality, I keep saying that word, but I'm not even sure if it is in the Oxford English Dictionary, but oh, we had chances, didn't we? And we could have come away with a point. But overall, it was a good day at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Lovely facility. Shame the atmosphere didn't really match it, but never mind. Um, There was also an incident near me which um, soured the day a little bit, which we'll discuss a bit later on. However, there were signs of promise, but the fixtures do not get any easier for AFC Bournemouth. So Jeff Hayward is with me. We'll talk about the game at the weekend and also we'll look at this horrendous run of fixtures that we've got. No less Crystal Palace in the week, live on Amazon and Selhurst Park, of course. And on Saturday, the arrival of maybe the champions in waiting. Scrape past Brighton at the weekend. Can we get anything against them? Man City will be hoping that we can. But before all that, 
let's do a bit of this. So, of course, AFC Bournemouth are famed for having a very generous relationship with Liverpool, uh, not least in the last few seasons. Uh, we've signed a number of their players, uh, one of which yesterday seems to have mixed opinion. Uh, myself and Jeff will, will dissect that shortly. However, we want you to name the last six signings for, uh, from Liverpool. So, the last six Liverpool players that we've signed at AFC Bournemouth. Now, it can be loan signings, and it can also be permanent signings too. I reckon five of them you'll have no problem with. But one of them, I must admit, it's like, who's he? Um, so, yeah, can you name the last six signings that we have signed for the first team from Liverpool? Good luck with that. Right, at the weekend then, uh, I did a vlog. If you want to uh, watch my match day vlog, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash AFCB podcast. And whilst I'm here, if you're listening and you like the raw audio, all the YouTube stuff we do in the podcast, I would really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart if you're able to do a quick review on iTunes or your relevant podcast app. Just wherever you listen, just do a review. If you can write text, great. If you can't, just you know, give us a score out of five. Uh, we'd really appreciate your honest feedback as we look to improve things and keep the podcast free. That's our main aim here. So yeah, I did get some raw audio and also uh, we did get a few fans' thoughts in too. So let's take in Saturday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Close effort, Bournemouth corner. Effort from Dan Juma. From distance, we've had to get him out of possession in the first four minutes. Fourth the corner out of it. Oh, Rico! Oh, it bended! Bloody hell, Rico shot from distance. That bent right at the last minute. Good save, though. Bournemouth doing all right. Spurs are going to take the lead out of absolutely nothing. Ball over the top, Deli Ali and Son combined. And it was an easy pass into the back of the net after Ramsdale went for the first one. First goal for Spurs, scoring in the 21st minute from number 20, Deli. They're doing that German thing whereby they can't even complete their own goal scorer's name. Uh, yeah, good work from Son. Obviously, it'll be checked, but I don't think there was anything in offside. Spurs have scored, but it's been disallowed. Handball. Lee Mason's seen it. It's probably going to go to VAR, however. Or will it? I don't know. Spurs corner, partially cleared. Son set up a shot from distance that... It looked like a handball to me, and then the rebound fell nicely. Weirdly, the PA guy is giving it after the referees ruled it out. Is that normal? Is that weird? It has to be a weird thing to do, isn't it? Jumping to conclusions, and now it's been chalked off. So that guy looks a fucking mug. That's just weird. Anyway, still 1 0. Well done, Lee Mason. Jack Stacey, fair play fella. 
on the right wing, putting on his left, fired it low across goal. Been a little bit better, but just missing that finishing touch. Easy goal. Very similar again, 2-0 Spurs. Deli Alley dances through the Bournemouth defence. Meets Ramsdale and just dinks it over. I mean, what can you say about that? and it's volleyed in. Simple goal. 3-0 Spurs. And it's been coming. To a man, they are better. We have been poor in this game. And, uh, you know, look, you look at the bench. Free kick. I was about to say, Bournemouth won a free kick on the edge of the D after Lewis Cook was brought down. So let's have one from here then, Harry. Oh, he scored! He scored! What a good goal! Beat the keeper, top left-hand corner. Great kick. Well, 18 minutes to go. It might just be a consolation, however, it might not be. It's Mr. Tiggs here, old mate. Thinking about the game we had this weekend against Tottenham. Um, I think a lot of fans, Bournemouth fans, did they expect anything from the game? No, a lot of us didn't. Um, I hoped for a draw, but all the media hype was around that we would probably lose and lose comfortably. You look at the scoreline, and actually it's one of the better scorelines this weekend. To lose only 3-2 means at least we've got a goal threat. Although, as we all know, that goal threat came very late on. Have we improved from the Wolves game? Yeah, I think we have. Uh, probably because we changed our formation. Um, Harry Wilson obviously came on. He, he scored the two goals. For me, that means that he will start ahead of Fraser. I think Eddie Howe always looks for those excuses um, to be able to drop his sort of players that he has uh, loyalty to. Um, Callum, however, when other players are on the pitch that play in his position, if we're not going to change formation, then they need to score a goal and Solanke hasn't and King probably isn't fit enough to play uh, against Palace so we'll probably see Cal up front again. Uh, in Eddie we trust, yeah, but perhaps where he's tried to improve defensively, we can't score and when we show more of a threat going forward and we show options with players all moving together as a unit, we get caught off guard and I think that happened in the first half against Tottenham yesterday when we had our, our spell of better play. Um, they caught us against the runner play. So, 
in that case, Palace now has become a biggie. I mean, it was already, but now it's super big, isn't it? Need those three points, and I don't think they could be a, a poorer time to be playing them after their result this weekend. But hey, got to be optimistic, haven't we? Out the cherries. I think we need a lot more work in the front. I feel sorry for us. Nathan Acker, Steve Kirk, they was, they're doing dirt. We go good. Jack Tracy getting more better level. And uh, one thing, Eddie, don't bring back Simon Francis. Bit slow. He maybe it's still a bit, not a hundred percent. Hi, Ashley from the main stand. Um. I thought the first half yesterday was a more fluid display than recently. Um, I'd put that down to Solanke. I'm not suggesting he's the answer to our current problems, but he does allow those around him to play. Uh, crucially, I think his quick footwork buys time and allows the midfielders and fullbacks to get beyond him. I think he's really underrated, although there were, there were a couple of occasions when he needed to release the ball a little bit quicker. Um, I don't understand why he's getting so much stick at the moment. I really don't anyway. Dan Juma looked lively on the ball, um, was more direct than Fraser on the other side. Callum again was pretty anonymous uh, and I'm struggling to see, see still what he brings to the side in his current form. Uh, get King fit and play him up top with Slanky in behind in my opinion. Typically, after an excellent start we went behind thanks to some poor defending from Stacey who actually had a good game I think going forward and Steve Cook. Uh, the second goal was really similar and the third goal saw Rico track the runner all the way back to the six-yard box and then inexplicably leave him at the end. Uh, 3-0. Three poor goals. Those goals seemed to suck the life out of us and we didn't really get going again until the last 10 or 15 minutes of the game. Nice little cameos, I thought, from Harry Wilson and Gosling. Uh, Gosling was particularly unlucky to see a shot blocked near the end. I also thought it was a better performance this week from Lewis Cook. At 3-2, we should have equalised. Um, that said, when we saw Callum bundling through on goal, I think we all knew he was, wasn't going to score, and he didn't. We need to carry our first half performance into Tuesday night, which is becoming a big game. I am worried, though. I've got a nasty feeling the table's going to look very different in two weeks' time, and I'm still at a complete loss as to why we can't play for 90 minutes. Cheers. Bye. So thank you very much for the fans' thoughts there. Appreciate that, Tony. Mr. Tiggs, who uh, you can always see on our YouTube video and who does the funnel forecast on YouTube as well. Uh, we also had Nonny, his nightly Nonny show. Love seeing that on Facebook. And he, uh, he lets us use the best bits of his audio there, explaining the game. Good points there, I think, Nonny. And also Ashley as well. Thank you very much for getting in touch. So, as I said, Jeff Hayward is here, and, and Jeff, I don't know about you, but we seem to be saying this same thing every week and feeling exactly the same. How are you feeling? I feel, I feel that anyone tuning in is probably going to think we're a bit repetitive, Sam, because I feel frustrated again. I don't know about you. Um... Yeah. Um, not great. Bournemouth uh, were defeated 3-2 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's a very interesting match to analyse and dissect, really, because there's a lot to talk about. 
First thing, I suppose, was at two o'clock when the teams were announced and we went straight back to the 4-4-2 that we know and love, Jeff. Yeah, and um, I thought that the the team looked solid. He, he obviously was limited in certain players that he couldn't pick. Um, and little did we know that the biggest issue would be Stacey coming in for Adam Smith. But that turned out to be quite a critical uh, decision. And Adam's in ill. I'm not sure. Do you know whether he's going to be back Tuesday? What do you think? Not too sure what uh, the issue was, to be honest, because um, it took me by surprise. I, I certainly hadn't heard anything. I was in the pub and just walking on the way to the ground and then the team news came through and it, it did take me by surprise. However, mm. um, when I looked at the rest of the squad, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the rest of the back four was exactly the same. Uh, I really thought that Gosling would have been utilised, but he went with Lewis Cook. Um, Dan Juma and Fraser, which, which I think we called, we said that Harry Wilson probably wouldn't did, start. Yeah. And then it was a case of Solanke being up front with Callum Wilson. But I must admit, I was, I was fairly happy with what I saw. Um, yeah, you felt that we were going to go for it with that team. We were going to be a bit more attacking, which, as it turned out, was the way that we did play. So um, it, it, it was a bit like the jigsaw being thrown up, came down with different pieces in different places again, just a few slight tweaks. Um, same result, though, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's right. And like you say, it, it sounds a bit repetitive with what we've been saying um, over the course of the last sort of few podcasts. I found that um, the first 15 minutes, they were very promising. And that's one mm. thing that I haven't been able to say for a number of games. And it was, we started very positively. I thought Jefferson Lerma did really well in the middle and was winning um, a lot of challenges. And um, he seemed to be sort of combining well with Lewis Kirk, who was spreading the ball out wide. And even Jack Stacey was getting into very advanced positions. And I thought, you know, that's that's really good to see his confidence in getting forward there. And he even had a shot on goal in the first half, which, um, you know, we will, of course, come on to. But we did start really well and we manufactured a number of chances early doors, didn't we? We did. I thought uh, Solanke started really well, showing really well up front and linking the play. I thought Dan Juma looked uh, very uh, positive and tricky and good and mm. you know he he had a he had a good shot uh, early on which uh, keeper did well to save yeah and that was um, with uh, Solanke and Stacy combining i mean Stacy mm. uh you know by all intents and purposes by a, a, a sort of normal right back standard uh you shouldn't be advancing that far up the pitch but he had the confidence to go up kind of like Simon Francis used to not so much these days but it was really good to see and it was a some good combination play with Solanke that forged that chance for Dan Juma like you say and uh, in, you know, in fact, our defenders were, I thought, fairly sort of, you know, they were central to a lot of our sort of early attacks and even shots. Even Rico had a shot from distance as well, which the keeper parried. Yeah, you know, I think there, there'd probably been a message that Gazaniga is uh, a little bit flaky. And I think anyone watching that game yesterday would have thought, you know, he made a meal of some of those efforts that uh, that we hit at him from distance. But, you know, the boys took it on board to have cracks at him from distance. If uh, I thought Danjuma was pretty unlucky, actually, it was a good effort. And, you know, the keeper actually palms it away rather than into the path of an unrunning forward. Bit mm. of a shame. Um, but when Rico hit his, you know, it's smack in the centre of the goal, albeit swerved a bit. But you kind of think, well, either side. And that could have caused real problems. Mm. He hit it so well. Um, so um, it was very promising. We were 
encouraged by that start and it looked like we could score but we didn't no that's right and it's that clinicality that we keep on talking about I'm not even sure if that is a word but you know we just need to be um, a little bit more clever up front I think Uh, sometimes I think as we can see in the second half, almost waiting for chances, waiting for the ball to fall, taking an extra touch when we don't need it, not risking the pot shots. I think Dominic Solanke, he's splitting people like Jack Stacey, looking at all the all the opinions online. Um, some people saying, you know, he was one of our weaker players and other people saying he was exceptional. Um, I'll, you know, I'll tell you my thoughts on both of them you know, as we go on. But um, sometimes we just need to be a little more cute, uh, take pot shots where we can. I think Solanke uh, sometimes always wants to do the right thing uh, and maybe mm. is not as selfish as he should be. Um, but yeah, we, we had that first 15 minutes and then we got it done quite quickly. And it was a it was actually a counter-attack because we I think we forged an opportunity with Fraser and Rico combining on the left. And then Fraser got the ball into to Dan Juma. And um, I don't know if it was a, an attempted shot or whether he's looking to control it with the underside of his foot and then get it out of his feet. I'm not too sure, but he got intercepted. And then, uh, you know, Jefferson Lerma stepped into a challenge, which he missed. And then they almost had the whole pitch to play. And you had Stacey and Rico running back and Nathan Ake, Steve Cook, you know, completely backtracking. I think it ended up with Son who dragged his shot wide. Steve Cook shepherded it to some extent. I've, I've, I've seen occasions where they go in. And Son and Denny Alley, they were a menace all, all afternoon, weren't they? That they were. Uh, they uh, they play with a lot of pace. I thought their, their running off the ball was very cute. Uh, and, and the way they, they sort of play with Kane, you know, it, it, I think it was a factor in... Well, through, all three of their goals were down to really good interplay between the three. Uh, albeit we make it easy for them as well and uh, yeah should we come on to the goal can I talk about the goal uh yeah we will okay all 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 I would just say actually though is um uh, still unconvinced by uh perhaps it's just Lewis Cook in general I mean I know he spreads the ball uh left and right and very creative however um uh, I don't think he works particularly well with Philip Billing because they're too similar. But one thing I thought with Lewis Cook, um, in a couple of the games earlier this season, he, he's been very deep. But in this game, he seemed to be a little bit more advanced. And Jefferson Lerma, like, for instance, that first attack where Son pulled it wide, um, you had Lerma and Cook in very advanced uh, sort of positions. And I thought that Lerma, he's not the type of player who'll be maybe 10 yards uh, with the ball in front of him, he won't wait for them to you sort of attack. He will throw his body in. And once they beat him, they had the whole pitch, you know, sort of opening up. And it was this sort of counter-attacking style that um, I always knew that Spurs could punish us with, but not so much the long ball style. <laughs> no. Um, I think we were a little bit caught in two minds into how to play against them. It, it the, did you get a sense that we would we would be more pressing than we were? Because you look at that goal and you think, um, Alderweireld has got he's got an eternity to look up and pick that pass. Mm. I mean, there's no closing him down. There's no pressure on the ball, and it 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 just felt that we could have could have actually put them under more pressure. I don't remember. 
uh, Callum being so kind of off the pace in that mm. sort of regard because he used to be a right pain in the backside for defenders, you know, pushing onto the centre half and and you know, okay, maybe he's 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 lost half a yard, maybe he's not not fully fit at the moment, but it just felt a bit unusual that they had so much time and not only once but twice that did that happen in the game where they pick us off like that same kind of play pretty much um not enough pressure on the ball it's a long ball and uh stacy i think gets caught a little bit um in fact it's sort of between stacy and cook and, and again mm. i think maybe by losing adam smith Stacey coming in his first game for two months, he's a little bit rusty. That sort of defensive four isn't quite as connected as they ought to be. Lack of communication, whatever else. Son, actually, I think, you know, there's lots of people saying, oh, what a fantastic touch. He miscontrols it. Yeah. And it just it, <laughs> yeah. it fell into Ali's path really fortuitously. Um, but couldn't miss, really, could he? No, I'm not a subscriber to the uh, train of thought that uh, he meant that touch because he, he he wanted to run onto it himself, and it was just by fortune that Deli Ali was there alongside him, and it it was an easy slot home. I I wonder if it was a case of just Eddie not expecting them to do that because Spurs aren't a team that are famed for uh, this sort of you know direct style. But it was it was really interesting to see the running off the ball because there were so many times that the Spurs attackers were you know, between our lines. And that's where yeah. I honestly thought it would have been so much better to have that extra man in midfield. And Lewis Cook, early in the season, yeah. he's played yeah. deeper. If you had Lerner yeah. and Gosling in front of him, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Lewis Cook yeah. could close that gap. They wouldn't have as much room. Um, but they did have the room. And it was that run from Son. And it, it, was, it was difficult because... Diego Rico had got Sissoko covered um, on his left-hand side. And then you sort of had Steve Cook and Nathan Ake almost marking the same man. Steve Cook was was getting sort of turned inside out. And you're right, I think it was between Stacey and Cook. But when you look at it, Stacey was, um, you know, nearest the runner. And then he's nearest the person who actually gets the shot on goal in the form of Deli Alley by sliding across. He, he, you know, he did a tremendous amount of work. I think it's just a bit of like miscommunication there. And as you mm. say, a little bit of ring rustiness. And uh, But Ake and Cook, I thought, looked looked off the pace for that goal. They did. Um Ake was sort of slightly caught on his heels as well. You know, he, he's he's not quite where he ought to be to to stop the ball when it comes across to Ali. You know, he should be he should be there cutting that ball out rather than chasing to catch up. Mm. Um, which I think it speaks of miscommunication. Two things though, I'd say. Number one, when that ball is hit, I think as a back four, if you're a confident back four playing as a unit, do you remember the old Arsenal offside? You know, where they all see that pass coming and step forward as a yes. unit. Yes. That is offside. Exactly. Yeah. Number one. And number two, after the game, Eddie says, we knew they were going to do that and we'd, be wor- we'd been working on it, not that you'd have noticed. No. I mean, he says that in his interview afterwards. Check it out on AFCB no. TV. And I, I, again, I, uh, I thought... Yeah. yeah. I Really? I found that... Um... There were a number of circumstances where, you know, we were a little bit naive. Um, now, I'm trying to recall the order of how things happened, but I know that mm. they had a penalty claim. Uh, maybe this happened a bit later on. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, that was when Steve Cook handballed it. And I mean, it was handball, but it it's not one of your clear and obvious errors. Um, so, yeah. you know, 
I always thought that VAR was, if it's handball, it's going to be given, but obviously that's not the case. And it's just, um, if the referee doesn't give it and there is a margin of error, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. Is yeah. That how it works? Actually, actually, it's it's only handball. For if you're an attacking side and, it, and you score and it hits you on the hand, it's no goal, which is how uh, they got a goal ruled out because Sanchez handballs it, yeah. doesn't he? So... Um, but if you're if you're a defensive player, it's got to be hand moving de- definitely towards the ball and cookie save because basically he's doing one of his last ditch tackles and he's it's sort of hands there, but it's actually quite close to his body. But mm. yeah, he didn't actually move it towards the ball. Could have been no. given, but it wasn't. With regards to the Spurs goal though, that was disallowed. I don't think match of the day represented what happened very well at all because Mm. the referee blew the whistle and he gave a free kick but as far as match the day represented it it was almost like the goal was given and then it went to VAR but it wasn't given there was a little bit of delay Um, but then the referee ruled for a handball but what really struck me was the fact that the Spurs PA despite the fact it was announced for handball they went and announced the goal scorer anyway, Sanchez, which, you know, yeah. I'm just glad the decisions are made at Stockley Park and not by the ref on a pitch side <laughs> monitor. Because when you've got 50,000 excited home fans thinking you tune a lot, having to up, having to overturn that decision would cause a lot of, you know, fury. I don't know why they announced it when it was clearly it's handball. Surely if it's overruled, yeah, then announce it. But not well, like that. They've got form, haven't they, at Spurs? They should yeah. remember earlier in the season. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. no surprise but it was rightly chalked off and um i think um all the all the cherries defenders were were clear he, he handled that and it was going to be turned around so uh, i don't know it obviously it was different in the stadium but mm. it was fairly it was fairly relaxed yeah. <laughs> watching it being aware of it from the other side thinking nah that's that's not going to get given yeah so, well, I've I've got to say the the famous atmosphere at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know where it was. It 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 was like being at the Emirates at times. Obviously, they cheered uh, when their goals went in, but other than that, they they just didn't raise themselves. And maybe all I can think of it's that you know we're playing a smaller team, just like we do when we play uh, smaller teams um, in the mm. Carabao Cup, and we, you know we can't raise ourselves as fans to sort of, you know, be vocal. Maybe that was their excuse, but certainly this famous atmosphere, um, I didn't hear it at all. And even, I mean, I didn't get video moments when they scored. I did take some video footage, which is on our YouTube channel, but even sort of 30, 45 seconds afterwards, you would have never have known that a goal was scored moments ago. I mean, usually in a stadium, you get that kind of, you know, the sort of atmosphere, you know, bubbling away, none of that at all. Uh, so I was, I was really surprised. It probably speaks to a bit of the antipathy they've got about Mourinho, don't you think? Because uh, he wasn't even announced as their manager before that Olympiacos game, which kind of like is the new manager and they're not even announcing him to the crowd. You know, it's kind of like that whole sort of 50-50 feeling, I think. They're probably a bit unsure um, as to whether whether it's going to be any good or not. Um, time will tell, I think. I think. We we always knew that Son, Kane, and Ali would be a handful for us. I, I think mm. Son has a had a point to prove after getting sent off against us at the end of last yeah. season, um, and I think Ali always fancies it against us. I think he is one of those players who 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 kind of likes to be um, likes to 
be superior, likes to be the star. And mm. I think he feels against us that he's got the measure of our back four and that if he actually gets on the ball, he can cause trouble. Um, and, you know, he raises his game as a result. I thought Kane is a bit like that too, you know, they but they, they, they do play well. They, they're a they're very difficult to deal with and we're pulling us out of shape all the time in that in that first half and in, and mm. pretty much after that 20 minutes you know we sort of went into our shells and didn't, didn't really create a huge amount i i didn't think did no. you it's um it sort of reminds me of when i used to play sunday football there was always a team that we played against and we were always in the same league for quite a lot of time you know quite a lot of seasons um but i always seemed to score against them always and um you just had that extra little bit of confidence and you you know you would try things you would you would make runs that you wouldn't usually make and i you know it's a psychological thing of course it is but um yeah you know they ran riot um but even at even at sort of 2-0 we we still um we still had chances you know Dan Juma had a chance but then they had a chance well Lewis Cook um you know she didn't track the run off Son who chested it and then put it into the side netting um, early on in the mm-hmm. game Harry Kane had a chance and Ramsdale uh, once again managed to smother it and yeah, we went we went in at 1-0 and it was a chance to regroup but we didn't we didn't really come out um that well because it wasn't long before they went to tune it up and it was a similar story to the first goal wasn't it yeah pretty much carbon copy actually i think um uh again it's stacy doesn't doesn't do his job um it ends up in a bit of a mess uh again there's no pressure on the ball you know it's a it's a it's a long ball it's a it's a good Good diagonal run again, but honestly, you know, it's just like, come on. And you can see the back four were furious after that went in. Mm. Ake was screaming at everybody. Um, it's, and, and and all I can say is I think I think it's just Stacey being a little bit rusty, not mm. having played. You know, if he was brought in maybe the day before, he wouldn't have trained fully. If, if they had prepared, he wouldn't have trained fully against that. And I think he just got caught out a bit, lacking a little bit of match fitness, I thought. But, um, you know, it... It's just, it was just so frustrating to be two 0 down to those two goals. I don't mind if the opposition score fantastic goals, mm. but when they score easy, sloppy Sunday league type goals, you think, mm. really, come on, guys, we're better than that, and we are better than that. It, it felt like it, a bit of the defensive performance we had against Newcastle, actually. You know, where there was a time in that second half where Rico gave the ball away quite sloppily mm. and and just like making a few little mistakes that 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 kind of gifted the ball to Spurs gifted them the momentum and it's very hard to to um to keep a clean sheet away from home against a team like Spurs you've got to keep the, them them quiet you've got to keep the crowd quiet you've got to, you've got to deprive them of confidence and um we just we just weren't up to it yesterday sadly no that's right and then it was soon three uh Sissoko with that you know volley and that was when uh, uh it was a i think it was a great flick was it from son i think cook sort of committed and then uh you found Deli alley and then uh was it son who made uh, who made the run down the well, left across it i can't really remember what happened again i watched that back this morning that goal and the ball is actually uh stacy's too far forward on the right kane comes out to that right back position brings i think it's uh it's cook or ake go with him so we've got we've got a couple of players really tight onto that right back touchline ball gets played over the top 
uh, spacing behind. Son puts in a beautiful ball. And Rico is the only centre-half we've got there mm. in the six-yard box because everybody else had been dragged out to that right-hand side. And it was like, again, a bit shambolic. And I, 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 I don't want to put all the blame on the back four because I, I think you're right to pick out the midfield. You know, I, it, we didn't have enough cover. We didn't have enough defensive support at those crucial times from the midfield. Um which you can't expect Lerma to do everything. He's got a lot on his plate. He's the defensive midfield player, but he's also, you know, bursting forward, winning the ball, uh, second ball, winning that, winning that in their half. So it's tough. I think you're right. I think Lewis Cook maybe, maybe was a bit too off the pace as well yesterday. Um, but um, defensively, um, Fraser and Danjuma, I know. Um, I, th- I think Dan Juma's okay. I thought I, I thought Ryan was uh, again a bit invisible yesterday. Yeah. He, he didn't contribute. He didn't contribute going forward. Didn't contribute defensively either. And um, that energy where we've got the wingers and the fullbacks playing almost like uh, double wingbacks. Mm. You know where they're going forward, coming back. You've got to have a good engine to do that. Um, we haven't got that at the moment, and it, and it, it we were exposed a bit defensively. I thought because of that yesterday. Yeah, yeah I I thought so. I thought I thought particularly with that third goal um, when the ball was played between the lines, and then Cook pushed himself up the pitch, and then he lost that little flick. He he was in no man's land, um, and then you had you know Ake pretty much you know doing you know what he could in terms of uh you know trying to prevent son from crossing it and it and as you said it was rico on his own but if it wasn't going to be sissoko i think it was maybe sanchez behind him who could have got on the ball and that's where i think dan juma should have been busting a gut to get back i'm not even sure he saw uh, uh sanchez on the right um and in the end it, you know it it was a great volley, but oh, it's just so preventable. And it's just the, you know, we commit ourselves forward and then we get done on the counter-attack. And that, you know, that's how I thought we would get outdone by Spurs. Not so much those first two goals, but they've got such attacking potency. Score that goal, 3-0, game over, you would think. But mm. Spurs' form under Mourinho indicates that there is going to be a way back into the game. And it was our biggest goal threat, weirdly... Um, top scorer, yet also a player that's been absent in terms of general performance so much of the season. I, I can't explain it, and I just, I just wonder whether this is the issue with Dom Solanke. He he just needs the goals. He needs that his sort of selfishness because when you're not scoring, people will pick up on the fact that you're, uh, you know, not performing. Whereas Harry mm. Wilson, um, for games, he didn't perform, but he always nipped in with a goal here and there. And that and that effectively has pretty much like saved him. But now he's actually pushing on and doing quite well. And Slanky, I feel, <laughs> really does need a goal. But his general play was good. And it was Harry Wilson that came on. And free yeah. kick, 73 minutes. Yeah. Look who steps yeah. up. <laughs> uh, I know. It was a little bit further out than the one against Manchester City. But... Um... Just uh, we had a, a period of good possession just prior to that, and I think what what was actually key was uh, switching Dan Juma over to play on the left because he he prefers it over that side. Mm. So Fraser goes off, Harry Wilson comes on, Dan Juma switches over, and actually was arguably much more creative on that side than he had been on the right hand side. 
mm. arguable, but I think I think he was. And uh, the the bit of possession we had uh, just coming up to uh, that free kick, you know, we the ball was bobbling around the box. Lewis Cook gets uh, barged off the ball by Aurier, who frankly. Um, was a liability yesterday. We just didn't exploit that enough. There was one occasion, I think it was the first half, where Solanke gets barged over by him in the box. Um, not not quite a clear and obvious, but, you know, that is that is how flaky he is. And he just, you know, runs into... I think it, I think it was Aurier. Might, might be somebody mm. else. Anyway, Lewis Cook gets bundled over. Harry steps up and um, absolutely fizzed it into that top corner. It was a beauty, wasn't it? Yeah, really good goal. When I when I saw it, I I wasn't sure if it was in at first. I thought it maybe sort of hit the hit the sort of top of the netting. But yeah, it was a it was a great free kick, and it's it's funny. It's you know it's almost like having a penalty. He's got that kind of scoring ratio. It's probably about fifty fifty on the sort of free kick uh, he tally um, for him because he's he's always going to get a shot on target. Um, but yeah, that you know that was really good. And you know even before that we had chances when uh, Dom Solanke had the ball on the right, managed to beat his marker. And then lay the ball back and I'm not sure if it's Gosling or whoever had the shot um, but after that uh, you know that goal I know maybe it was afterwards I can't remember because you know Gosling came on for Lewis Cook after that and um, added a bit of stability in the middle I thought made a difference didn't he yeah and, I thought so um, I, again you know, we've talked about about uh, Gosling last couple of weeks what a, what an asset he is he's un- underrated but yesterday he had two really good chances. There was that shot, you're right, the one he, the one that got blocked by Sanchez, mm. and then a header that, again, you know, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, sure every, that's right. everyone in the stadium thought he'd gone in, yeah. but it just for a fraction the, the other side it. of the post. Um, no one else from midfield looks like they're going to score goals mm. at the moment, and with Gosling, just those couple of efforts, you thought, yeah, you know, he can do that. He can come in and, and be that extra man, kind of Lampard-esque, kind mm. of, under the radar, getting into the box and having a shot, can score, didn't yesterday, but was close. And I, I, I just felt that with those two substitutions, the dynamic in the cha- in the team changed. We we seemed to want it. We seemed to believe, particularly after Harry Wilson's free kick, that we could actually get something from the game. Yeah. Um, and um, completely like the West Ham game for Spurs, you know, 96th minute, we actually do score a second goal. Uh, great play from Dan Juma. Again, you know, getting in behind, pulling it back. Nice finish. Um, not particularly great goalkeeping from Gazaniga mm. again, which showed again how flaky he is. But then, oh my goodness me, after that, I mean, we're mm. still, we've still got one more chance in us. Mm. And um, yeah, how did you feel about that? Yeah, it was uh, at three two. The celebration, I've got to say, was very muted because we knew it was towards the end of stoppage time. We thought, you know, how much time is there going to be? But I always thought, oh, you, well, you know what? Like, celebration's been about thirty seconds now. I reckon we'll get at least another thirty, forty-five seconds. And it wasn't long before that chance happened when Spurs partially cleared. They moved Ake up into the mid and you know, I like it when Ake pushes up because we know he's a goal threat as well. And it mm. bounced back to him and he he played that ball over the top and yeah, Harry Wilson was offside and he knew he was. So fair play for him to for him to not having a shot because he was better placed to strike. But he was off. He left it to Callum but it, it's one of those opportunities where 
it just waited for the ball to come down a little too much. But obviously, when the ball was where it was, it'd be very difficult for him to get anything on it, apart from maybe a side-footed lob over the advancing keeper, perhaps. I, I don't quite know, but... He waited a little bit too long and then Yang Vertonghen came in with a, a superb challenge. Um, yeah. And then the ball dropped to Harry Wilson and that was the second phase of play. So he'd have been all right. But once again, they just managed to get their foot on it and clear. And after that, I just thought, oh, you know, this is, you know, this yeah. is it now. But yeah. it could have been so different. These, you know, these, these little moments, these little minutiae, these little minutiae in games where things can turn. And, you know, we'd be coming away three all thinking you know what, that was absolutely fine. You know, great performance, good to get a point. But it's because we didn't convert. We're out, We're now all doom mongers thinking that we're going to go down. I've seen the relegation word mentioned about 20 times on mm. Twitter this weekend. And it's just like, you know, there. Are... yes, it's frustrating because we know we can do better. But yeah. we scored two goals at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, we showed flashes throughout that game. It were it was individual moments of um, lack of concentration from players that are fairly rusty. So I, I don't think we should all be worrying just yet. Yes, there are some games ahead of us which are <laughs> going to be very interesting, which, um, of course, we'll be previewing. But... Um, I, I must admit, I came away feeling a little bit weird, and you know that's not for the first time this season. I can't say I can't say I overly enjoyed it, and there's not many matches this season where I can actually say that I have. Mm. Uh, my favourite comment was "so far, but so near." Uh, that's that's how it felt. We were we were miles away at three nil when that when that third goal goes in. Uh, we we're actually really close to them in that first twenty minutes, and arguably should have been a goal up. Then the last 20 minutes, we looked like we were a different team again. And it's that that up and downness within a 90 minute period. What is going on? You know, why can't we get a consistent performance for an entire 90 minutes? Maybe Eddie should start each game by saying, right, guys, you're two nil down and down to 10 men. Let's sort it out. Mm, yeah. And 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 that is the sort of mentality. I don't know what it is to take to what it's going to take to get them going. Um, uh, So, I I mean, I certainly think there were two players who were uh, weak yesterday, weaker than all the others. And I'm, I'm, you know, you don't have to be a betting man to uh, know who those are. And I think that, you know, if Josh King was fit, I'd, I'd I'd be happy to give Callum Wilson a bit of a break because Callum Wilson's always got that strength. Um, Yeah. Give him a break. Yeah, yeah, and you know Ryan Fraser, I would you know I would put Dan Jim wrong. So I thought he would, he looked decent on the ball. He looked better on the ball than I thought. Um, held up quite well. You know, got back and stuck his feet in every now and then for little interceptions. Um, and Harry Wilson when he came on as well, I you know I thought I th- I, I did think he did pretty well. Um, I, I just don't I, I just don't know. What were your thoughts on Dom Solanke yesterday? Well, like I say, I thought he actually showed really well in linking the play. Uh, I've said before, I don't think he plays particularly well with Callum. And maybe um, maybe what we need to do is just rejig things a bit. So if, if we play um, Josh King up front, I think that would be good. If we play uh, Harry Wilson just behind him, I'd actually prefer that. 
and think that would give Harry yeah. a bit more of a role. He's the only one scoring goals in the team, pretty much. So let's let's get him more central, where he's likely to get more shots and, and be able to play those through balls. And then I think behind, I think we just need a, a slight rejig. I think absolutely uh, Fraser needs to needs to have a break. Dan Juma should start on that left-hand side. Um, then it's it's the rest of the the midfield is a bit of a uh, an issue because we can play uh, Lerma, we can play Billing, we can play Gosling, we can play Lewis Cook. Where they're all four of them are central midfield players. That combination of who are the best two out of those two central midfield players, I don't know, uh, quite honestly. And then you've got to think, well, who are we going to play on the right-hand side? I don't think it works playing Adam Smith there in front of Stacey, but you might think about doing that. Mm. I don't know. Um, have we got another right-sided midfield player who could play a bit more of a defensive role rather than mm. uh, an attacking role? Because I, th- I think that's what we need. It, it's it, if we If we were to play... Um, Harry Wilson just off Josh King I think it might be a different sort of style of attacking and and maybe that might suit the the players better I'm honestly I'm at a loss really Sam you get you get you get this conversation then there's a game if it works fantastic if it doesn't work we could be here again on Wednesday having the same conversation then we've got Liverpool and you think, well, what are the chances there? You know, we could be looking at another two defeats coming up in the next two games. And, and we're in a, we are in a bit of trouble. Hi, this is the big one, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. Now, I thought I'd touch on this. I did mention it earlier in the show and I, I don't really want to brush it under the carpet, but there was a little bit of anti-Semitic chanting uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium by a couple of individuals that were sat very close to me after about 10 minutes mentioning a specific body part that they really didn't need to. And a lot of people around me uh, rightfully stood up to him and said, you can't say that, it's anti-Semitic, it's uh, racist, please don't say it. This lad um, and his father continued to not sing it, so he knew he was being a dick uh, because he didn't sing it again, but he mocked the people that decided to stand up against him by saying, I'm a racist, I'm a racist, obviously uh, being sarcastic with everything he sang after this point. Not really getting behind the side, um, but trying to uh, save his reputation, which uh, by that point was in tatters. Uh, Now, these people were going on and on, and I know that people actually texted the hotline that Spurs provide in the programme if you hear any abuse. It was after about 10 minutes, but the stewards didn't actually take action whatsoever. Now, when they did come down, it was in the second half when there are a few bits and bobs being launched from the tier above. I'm talking just bits of water, and I think a water bottle may have been thrown. I didn't feel any of it myself, but at that point they were on the scene. And uh, the original person who decided to stand up against this lad and his father then uh, said, you know, I texted earlier, um, you know, what's going on? And at that point, the stewards got involved, uh, but made it very public that, you know, these are the people that are making the complaints. And uh, in the meantime, this lad and his father were just stood there, watching the game, uh, you know, 
and realising who are the people that grasp them up. So um, there was a little bit of confrontation when they got chucked out uh, and it wasn't very pretty. The stewards were, were very visible, um, which is a good thing in some ways, but, you know, not when people are trying to report anti-Semitic abuse and, uh, you know, they should have been pulled to one side. And as a result of all this kind of stuff, um, some people were kept behind at the top no, Hotspur Stadium to report it and there could even be uh, something going to court as well. Uh, but if you uh, did hear anything um let us know just uh, send us a dm but yeah you know if if these guys don't get into a football stadium ever again I'll, i'm not going to cry myself to sleep about it um absolutely stu- stupid chanting and then to go on and mock people that are deciding to stand against it for the rest of the game it it, it was just a little bit boring and um all we want is people to come along and get behind the side uh don't say any of that stuff so yeah, I thought I'd just um, just mention it on the podcast because I don't really want to sweep it under the carpet. Alas, we're on to Crystal Palace on Tuesday and, well, how's it going to go? It's live on Amazon Prime. It's a 7.30 kickoff. It's It's their very first fixture that they're covering. So if you've got a Prime subscription, it is completely free. But how's it going to go? AFC Bournemouth are playing Crystal Palace. It's a Tuesday night kickoff. It's live on Amazon Prime, as we said earlier. It's half past seven. Uh, so if you're finishing work, you'll, you'll, you'll probably be needing to get a couple of hours um, extra off at the end of the day because it's um, yeah London rush hour traffic, not the best. But when we are there, hopefully we'll see an improved performance. And Jeff, it's um, after the game at the weekend against Spurs. I'm kind of scratching my head thinking, what on earth should we do formation-wise and personnel-wise? Well, I don't think um, there's uh, there's a lot we can do. You know, it's a two-day turnaround. Um, don't think we picked up any injuries at the weekend. So um, the question will be whether Adam Smith is fully fit. Hopefully he will be. Um, because he's going to be marking Zahar, so he better be. Um, and um, yeah, I think um, uh, I think he'll probably go four four two again. Probably the same lineup. Maybe Fraser drops out. I don't. But who's going to replace? Who's going to replace him? We were talking about that a minute ago. Who's who's going to come in? Do you think that could make a difference? The bench was pretty young yesterday. Um, yeah. What do you think? Who who could come in? Well, I'll tell you who I'd like to come in. Um, well, you're wearing a pink shirt there, Jeff. Um, let's let's go back to our last win at Crystal Palace. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't it be great if we had that tricky wing wizard playing back for us? He's he's, oh, he's probably about yeah. sixty years you, you old can, now, you can tell. Me, but <laughs> yeah, wasn't that great? Pure my God. Yeah. yeah so. Obviously, desperately clutching at straws. I'm a, I'm a great believer in lucky clothing, so I'm going to be wearing this shirt for the next three days because this was the shirt, the colour shirt we wore when we last beat Palace at Selhurst Park. Yeah. Um, and um, I was reading the report from that again today, and uh, apparently that was a victory that eased our relegation fears. So let's, let's hope we can get the same again because it it 
the Palace are a sort of team that we can beat. We know we can mm. beat. We've got that belief that we have beaten them before. We know we can. We know we can play well against them and cause them problems. Um, I think they. I, I was quite surprised that they went to Burnley and had a had a good sort of two 0 victory yesterday. Um, Zahar is scored in the last couple of games. He's going to mm. be. He's going to be a handful. And like we were saying about Ali, you know, he's one of those players who thinks he, he's a world superstar against teams like uh, like Bournemouth and other teams below Palace, certainly. Um, so it's not going to be easy, but uh, I think we've got a chance. Yeah. So it, would you say this is the start of the whole fixture pileup? Because at the end of the day, it's three games in eight days. So is this the time where maybe Eddie should start to think about rotation? I, I don't know whether Josh King's going to be fit. I, I, I would pray that he is. But I would think that Dan Gosling has has got to start there in the middle. But then it's just like, well, F- Philip Billing's back. Um, Jefferson Lerma. Well, I think Philip Billing's back. Uh, Jefferson Lerma. Uh, you know, obviously he's... Uh, the midfield engine, do we go with that extra man in midfield? He, he hasn't done it so far, so I don't know why we always entertain the thought. Um, I've, got, I, I've just got no idea. And obviously with the uh, sort of pile-up of fixtures that we are, you know, will be having over Christmas, we just don't know what to expect. What, I mean, what would you like? What would I like? Ramsdale in goal, who incidentally played well against Spurs again, mm. I thought. Uh, Cook and Ake, Rico and... Um, let's hope Smithy's fit, and then that that's our best back four. Midfield, I think. Uh, um, let's say Billing, Lerma, Gosling, um, Harry Wilson, and Anjuma, and then up front Josh King. That's my that's my eleven. I think that works. That's yeah, 11, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd hope so. Uh, you know, maybe it's twelve. You know, perhaps we need that extra man. No, it's not. Um, yeah, and no, I think I, 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 I probably agree with that. It's going to be a difficult match. Can I? Oh, can I get an early prediction from you? Early prediction, I would say two one. Actually, lucky shirt two one to us. That is. Yeah, it's. Bournemouth always produce results when uh, we least expect it. So I'm going to be optimistic with you and I'm going to go for a 2-0. I don't, I don't think we'll concede. So fingers crossed it can be three points for the Cherries. So on Saturday, Liverpool are visiting the Vitality Stadium in what will be a very interesting fixture. They they got over the line against Brighton in their last match and uh, Alisson was sent off. So it'll be um, their reserve keeper in once again. But um, they didn't look overly convincing. But it's just, they, you know, they seem to be grinding out the results at the moment. And... Uh, with Bournemouth in the form they're in, Jeff, we're recording uh, before the Crystal Palace match, although this YouTube video's gone out, so hopefully it would have been three points to the Cherries. But on the basis that it wasn't three points, um, what are you expecting from the match against Liverpool? I am feeling quite positive about this game. Wow. Here are the reasons. You're not the first. Right? Here are the reasons. Right. <laughs> well, Liverpool have been one-goal winners in the last, I don't know, how many fixtures. They've been particularly 
scrapey away from home. I mean, they scrapey. beat Palace with a scrambled goal where, you know, it was it was late towards the end and they really didn't deserve that victory. They were lucky against Sheffield United away. They actually should have lost to Manchester United away because they were poor in that game. And there's something about the way they beat Brighton yesterday. Again, you know, they edged over the line. It was two Van Dijk headers, not brilliantly defended by Brighton, but um, they were poor against Napoli last week. Anyone who saw that game will have thought, yeah, you know, they're, they're sort of grinding out victories. It, and, and there's a lot of people who will say, oh, yeah, well, winning when you're playing badly is a, is a real art form. It's the mark of champions. I disagree. I think they're... They're just edging games. They're being very lucky with VAR and with refereeing decisions as well. That luck has got to run out. Mm. Equally, if you look at the way we've played the last three games, we've been unfortunate. We could have got three draws and we've got three defeats. We've had uh, momentum shifts in the game where, you know, if we take the chance, we're in a different place than we actually end up. And that's sort of bad luck is unsustainable as well so on the back of winning against Palace on Tuesday night I think we need to go into this game and think well we've got nothing to lose but let's get at them give it a go and who knows our luck could change and their luck could change and they've also got a horrendous December this is one of the games where they are going to take their eye off the ball and think we're just going to turn up and roll. they'll roll over because they're a bit mm. flaky at the moment. And I think if we go in with a, an attitude of take it to them, I don't think they're going to fancy it too much. And we've got a chance, you know, because they're going to be looking at all those. They've, they've got a tough European game uh, coming up against Salzburg. They've got to get a result in that game. They've got that World Club game. They've got Carabao Cup fixtures. They've got league fixtures. And albeit they've got a bit of a cushion, mm. I, I feel... I don't know why, but I feel we're going to get a result this time. Yeah, you're not the person, first person to have said that. There were others that I was chatting to yesterday who, who do say the same thing as well. I think that margin that they've got over Liverpool at the moment, I, th- I do think that Klopp has managed to change their mentality this season and they will get over the line and I think it will be their first Premier League title. But... 11 points or whatever it is I know that Leicester are a little bit closer but you know this could be a little bit of you know relaxation you know rotation for them chance for yeah yeah for them to take their eye off the ball and like you say we could do it also they're going to be without Fabinho who are who I think is their best player in that central midfield he's he's a rock for them they look a bit more vulnerable without him um will um, Alisson be banned from the game or is it just a one match ban or will it be a two match ban because they've got a game midweek as well haven't they uh, have yeah league, they have uh, good point it was a straight red wasn't it for uh, yeah uh, not too sure is it three ge- I'm not too sure I, I don't, not too I, sure I don't know what it is these days um, but I mean he you know he he's a good keeper and he's got great sort of distribution um, mm. but then you know the reserve keepers um all right, a little bit flaky at times, and it was it would be yeah. uh, you know some Harry Wilson shots from distance that I'd like to see order of the day, and you know if uh, it's a blustering being caught, oh. anything could happen. Harry, oh won't no, play. Harry won't of be playing. Of course, oh mate, this is not good. So just imagine yeah. if we had you know just imagine if we had you know Klein on on loan this season as well. Like uh, yeah, we'd do, we'd be bereft of options, but of course yeah, <laughs> Harry Wilson is not. What do you think the chances are, mate, of? Harry Wilson being with us past the end of the season because the, the more the season's going on the more I'm liking him 
because he's getting more involved in every performance. That I mean, at this point in time, I would, I would happily trade off Ryan Fraser for someone like Harry Wilson. I really would. Yeah, well, he's scoring goals and uh, he's 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 also um, got a clever pass on him. He's quite Brooks-like, but he's not quite the full yeah. Brooks, yeah, is yeah. he? Um, Brooks-like. But also, he gives different things to Brooksy, you know, with the, the free kicks, you know, and that goal-scoring threat from outside the box. Whenever he hits the ball outside the box, you think that's, that's going to go in or mm. do something called some chaos, which... Um, yeah, it, it, I'd like, I'd, I'd love it if he, if he joined us, but realistically, mm, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't quite see it because, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't see it happening. Klopp won't sell him. He's that, he's that good. Mm, yeah, interesting. So I'm, I'm gonna go for a one nil. Oh, Bournemouth win. I don't know why I'm saying this, Jeff, but I'm going to go for a one-nil Bournemouth win, and we're going to actually stop them from scoring. I think it's going to be uh, similar to the Man United game. Um, what are you going to go for? I'm going to go for a three-two uh, with Nathan Ake scoring in the last minute, and oh, everybody going absolutely mental again. Oh well, I'll be definitely doing post-match interviews if that's the case. Um, just uh, <laughs> just before we wrap up, uh, Jeff, um, a couple of things that we've just been asked on Twitter, Eddie Howe. When there are managerial sackings, uh, certain clubs always seem to um, be in his kind of range, according to the bookies. And Everton and West Ham are two of those clubs. West Ham uh, picked up a fine win uh, at Chelsea um, last weekend. So maybe, uh, you know, Pellegrini's got a little bit more breathing space. Uh, But Marco Silva, I don't know, maybe he's next in line to go. Does that worry you? Would Eddie Howe go to a team like Everton? No. He is only talked about because the one thing that uh, the media know is that he supported Everton as a child. And that is the only reason. There's never anything in it. He is not going to go to Everton. He'd be bonkers to go to that club at this moment in time. Um uh, that's that's a tough job and I think um I think it'll be an overseas manager because that's the way they roll and no it won't be Eddie he's not doing that well I'm glad I'm I'm glad you said that <laughs> ending on a positive oh, note and West Ham no chance no chance who would, who would go to West Ham absolutely ridiculous idea Pellegrini is going to um, hang in there after the result they got at Chelsea yesterday and um, I think he deserves more time do you know what I heard about West Ham which will delight you um cool. I heard um, people talking about Yarmolenko, uh, who destroyed us, mm. you might recall, being a bit of a passenger. And when they take him off and uh, bring on a sub, they actually are a much better team because he's not bothering to track back anymore. Mm. And the same for, who is it, on the, the other side, uh, a really skillful player, I can't remember his name. Yeah. But anyway, they, 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 they've got some... Uh, issues with the team but actually what happened yesterday they play a different goalkeeper and suddenly they're back to what they were like you know they're all believing in themselves again it's weird game football yeah yeah it really is well uh, I certainly hope that um, Eddie Howe's not going to be you know looking that far I think you know he all I think he likes 
being a crucial cog at AFC Bournemouth. He likes being close to the action, watching his team. Obviously, at West Ham, you're on the touchline. You need a pair of binoculars to see what's actually going on on the pitch anyway. So in terms of Eddie Jeff, uh, you were the one who actually pointed me towards a very interesting article on The Guardian about Eddie Howe. Hence the title of this podcast. People are probably wondering, you know, what on earth are you talking about? But uh, he's been learning a particular musical instrument, hasn't he? Eddie is learning the piano. Every Wednesday afternoon, he has a half-hour piano lesson. Wow. I wonder if he if he masters that as well as he does on a Saturday. Well, maybe he's bad at that, that as well. Mm. I knows? don't think he's that clever at it at the moment. He's, he's apparently... Well, <laughs> apparently Harry, his son, is also learning. Um, and Eddie thought it would be good if he learnt at the same time so he could help Harry be uh, talk him through it, you know, with the father's sort of expertise of being a proficient piano player, help his son. But actually his son's now better than he is because he doesn't practice enough. There you go. Practice. That's what it takes. Good practice. <laughs> uh, well, at least, Perfect. I mean, on the, you know, you could also say... Um, he's certainly uh, aware of the the tunes that he wants to play. It's whether he's getting the notes all in the right order. <laughs> Jeff, you should be a scriptwriter. Congratulations! <laughs> if I had a if I had a cap now, I would doff it to you. Brilliant work. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Sam. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, and dissecting that. It's it's certainly not been easy of late, has it? I want a victory to dissect. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Can we have that, please? <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed we'll get one. Thanks very much, Jeff. All right, cheers. Thanks, uh, thanks, Sam. Up the cherries. So that just about wraps it up for another episode of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast, episode 68. The next one will be 69. Now, what we're going to do is we'll cover the Crystal Palace game on our YouTube channel. So if you've not subscribed already, just pop to youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. And we'll have all of the fallouts from that on there. And we'll, of course, briefly touch on it in the next pod where we will go over Liverpool. Can can we do anything against them? Who knows? We will find out. Do you remember this week featured Liverpool because we wanted you to give us the last six signings that we have got in from Liverpool whether it be permanent signings or loan signings. So let's go through the list now, shall we? First one, Harry Wilson, of course. Goal-scoring extraordinaire for the Cherries. Not so much Dom Solanke, but he's one of them. Dom Solanke, Nathaniel Klein last season, of course, in on loan. You cannot forget Jordan Ibe. (laughs) I won't make any puns about crashing and burning or whatever. Uh, Brad Smith, of course, but who before that? Now, the last person before that was Craig Lindfield. Do you remember him? Yeah, he was a winger, played three matches on loan for FC Bournemouth in 2008-2009 season, uh, scoring a goal too. I'm going to have to look that one up. I cannot remember him whatsoever. So, yes, your list of the last six. Harry Wilson, Dom Solanke, Nathaniel Klein, Jordan Ibe, Brad Smith... And Craig Linfield. Well done if you got all them. 
Thank you very much for listening. And remember, you can really help us out and keep this podcast free by leaving a review over on your podcast app. We would really appreciate it. But until next Monday, where we discuss Liverpool, this has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Bournemouth have a goal, their first ever away at Spurs. All the way through, Harry Wilson! It's 3-2. In the fifth minute of stoppage time, he's got his second. Podcast Network.